0: And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Thursday. Casey Disclare here with Coach Brian Colley. We hope everybody is having a wonderful start to their day. We are uh, as well. We've had a wonderful start to our morning. We'll be live until 1 o'clock. And we've got two calling guests today that will be joining us throughout the course of the show. At noon, we're having a non-local coach, but a guy who made some local waves and who, frankly, is from this area. Coach Kirby Loop with Bruley. The undefeated Brulee team, they will be joining us at noon to talk about their incredible start to the season. And then at twelve we've got our Terrebonne General Thursday interview with Mr. Stan Grover. I look forward to chatting with Stan about the LSU Bowl game. LSU gets the number one running back in the country to commit in Harlem Berry. Um, all that good stuff. We'll chat with him about the Saints and high school, of course, everything in between. Um, bottom of the show, we're going to discuss some different things that have been happening in the world of sports in the last couple of days. So we look forward to discussing some things, um, throughout the 90 minutes that we have allotted here on play by play. But as we always do, we're going to open up with our scoreboard update from yesterday. And today we're going to actually start off with the girls. I don't know why I didn't pull up the girls one first. I had the boys pulled up here. So we'll start off with the ladies first. And we dive into our local scoreboard, and we could tell you that HL Bourgeois rolled over Terrebonne 59-21. to A decisive win for HL Bourgeois over Terrebonne, improving to 2-0 in district play. Terrebonne is struggling, man. It, it, it's a grind for them uh, on the girls' side, and Bourgeois takes full advantage and gets a big victory in the district play there, defending their home floor. Yesterday, in girls' basketball action, in a game that you were able to hear right here on KLEB. We had South LaFouche getting a 48 to 45 win over Ed White. Nyla Lyons scores 16 points. Ellie Lorraine scores, I think, 12, 13 points, something like that. She was in double digits. Caroline Adams scores 26 points for Ed White. Caroline just didn't get enough help and support, 26 of their 45. Ed White had an opportunity late. They had the ball with like six or seven seconds left. Freshman Kylie Johnson gets the rebound. Just kind of loses track of the time, loses track of the situation. They don't get off a shot. South LaFouche gets a three-point win against E.D. White. E.D. White is a 12-win team. That win catapulted the Tarpons from 32nd in the Division I non-select power ratings up to 30th. And they're closing that gap between they and the number 28 school. Huge win for Coach Jenkins and her team. We were their partner. Lady Tarpons, one thing that stood out to me, and I didn't realize this until I talked to Darian after the game, Lady Tarpons are undefeated at home. They've beaten Thibodeau at home. They've beaten Indy White at home. Like, they've got some good wins at home. And the kids were telling me after the game, like, we're just so much more comfortable playing in front of those big crowds. They don't, this is a team that doesn't like the empty gym, early morning tournament game. They like the packed house and the big venues and Boy, when they're playing in the tank, they're a different team. They beat Thibodeau there, beat E.D. White there, and got a big one last night. Big, big, big win for South LaFouche last night.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think it came down to South LaFouche's third, fourth, fifth, and sixth player. Uh, they were better than E.D. White's third, fourth, fifth, and sixth player last night. They got scoring. Um, besides your big two, you knew what, Nala Lions and Ellie Lorraine, both of them had outstanding games for the Lady Tarpons last night. And you had Adams and number 50, uh, Cortez. Cortez, for uh, the Lady Cardinals. You knew what you were going to get from them, but the, the so-called role players stepped up. Uh, Veda Prejean, two big, huge yes. three-point shots in the fourth quarter. Uh, when Laney Alario... Uh, look, if I was <laughs> drafting a team, she'd be one of my first I would get because she brings a spark to that team, and she plays hard, hits a three-pointer on the buzzer in their first quarter. And uh, Estrella Rivera taking a charge in that fourth quarter, making big shot a big shot on the baseline, made her free throws. Uh, they produced. So it was a solid win for the Lady Torpens last night and hopefully they can take this game, build on it, and get some momentum going forward because district plays right around the corner.
0: No doubt about that. You mentioned the role players, man. Uh, Rivera was great. Uh, I'm just echoing everything that you said um, for a South Bafush team. that, um, Look, I think that they've got to, um, if, if we're being critical about anything, they've got to figure out how to close out games a little better. You're up 10 with like 230 to go he let ed white kind of back in it a little bit but the one thing that we said really throughout the broadcast is that it was a lady tarpon team that outside of that last two minutes or so really never blinked they were in the lead the whole game they would go up seven or eight and ed white would make a little run and cut it to two or three um then south who should make a three get an and one whatever extend the back out to seven or eight then ed white would make a run like Every time E.D. White came charge and South Foosh never blinked, Eddie White even tied it at one point. Um, but that was very impressive. They withstood all the waves, and they never let the waves crash onto the shore and do any damage against a team that has 12 wins, against a team that has a lot of star power. That was very impressive, the fact that they bent a little but never broke and found a way to get a signature win against a very quality opponent.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. They didn't, they didn't collapse. Like – Sometimes in the past, you you know teams feeling a little bit pressure. You have a ten point lead, the other team comes back and ties it. You might like fall apart. But Lady Torpens did a great job, and uh, Ellie Lorraine was gonna make sure that didn't happen. Her senior leadership last night. She didn't get. She does not get rattled at all. Nope. Uh, just smooth player. She made a couple of big shots, and uh, I mentioned this in the the polls game show last night. Uh, Not a Lions for a freshman. She's ridiculous, her, uh, man. Her court awareness was un- unbelievable.
0: Yeah, she's a special, special player, man. So, big one for the Lady Tarpons. Uh, also on our girls' basketball scoreboard from last night, St. James gets a 51-48 to win over Holden. St. James has a bunch of wins. That'll be a, a key district game for E.D. White later in the year. And for everybody who plays St. James later in the year, they've got a bunch, a bunch of wins. They get another one last night. That was our girls' basketball scoreboard. On our boys' basketball scoreboard, we had a big-time signature matchup in our area with H.L. Bourgeois and Terrebonne playing on the reservation. Well, H.L. Bourgeois shined bright. They got a 56-41 to 41 win over Terrebonne. I didn't watch the game, but I watched highlights from the game, and I spoke to some people who were at the game, and apparently Chris Coleman of H.L. Bourgeois was incredible last night, like just scoring and traffic and... The, the report that I read was that he only missed three or four shots the entire game. Um, he is a 1,000-point scorer. He is an excellent individual player, and it sounds like in the district opener, the senior guard just kind of took over the game there. Bourgeois makes a statement, gets a 15-point win over Terrebonne. That's one heck of a way to start district, but don't count out those Terrebonne Tigers just yet because – The big boy was out at the All-American tournament. Kylan Billiot makes them a different team. He wasn't there last night in the second go-around when they're playing at home and not in gray. It can maybe be a different result. But Bourgeois did what they had to do. They got a 15-point win, took care of business.
1: Yeah, and it sets up a huge game for the Terrible Tigers tomorrow night uh, at home against Central Lafouche because uh, you do not want to start off this district 0-2. And uh, it's two rounds, so it's a long... A long district schedule. It's a big district, uh, but you don't want to go down zero and two to start your district play.
0: Well, more important than the district standings themselves, as we talked about it earlier in the week, it, if you lose three, four games in a row in Division One non-select, you're gonna you're gonna crater because everybody else around right. you is gonna win. So you're right. Big old game tomorrow for Terrebonne taking on Central Lafourche. Got to defend your home floor. Thibodeau traveled to Hammond and didn't get the result they were looking for. Hammond got a 56-40 to 40 win over Thibodeau. That was just, that that's tough, man. You go from Thibodeau to reserve on a Tuesday play, you know East St. John's going to be very physical. Then the next night you go from Thibodeau to Hammond and play. That was a tough stretch there for Tony and his team. Hammond gets a 16-point win. Thibodeau's got to keep plugging away, and um, hopefully they'll find some better results. Over at the St. Charles tournament, St. Martin's Episcopal gets a 67-63 to win over Lutcher, sending Lutcher into the loser's bracket. St. Charles, uh, the host school over at their home tournament, gets a 52-36 to win over South LaFouche. I didn't watch that game, um, but I, it's my understanding that the Tarpons had a seven-point lead at the end of the first quarter. Just couldn't sustain it. Um, St. Charles ballooned uh, in the second quarter, took the lead by like 4-5, or five, and then ballooned it out in the second half. Um, for the Tarpons, man, it's got to be frustrating. Brody has been coming on all year long, has been saying, man, we got to get off to a fast start. We got to get off to a fast start. We got to get off to a fast start. They finally do. And then now it's the second quarter that proves to be a bugaboo. They only score like four points the whole second quarter. St. Charles defends their home floor and gets a victory over the Tarpons.
1: Yeah, just, um, still growing pains, you know, um, inconsistency right now. And they, uh, one thing consistent—they play hard—and we said it every single time. Uh, it's just a matter of time before this team's going to come together. Uh, schedule's going to get a little lighter for them, but it's still games that you, you got to play to win. You can't just go out there and think all oh, the other teams going to lie down, out. It won't happen. You're going to have to play. To, to win these games, but it will lighten up a little bit for them.
0: Vanderbilt Catholic gets a 67-41 to 41 win over the Willow School over at the St. Charles Tournament. By the way, South Lafouche will be taking on today um, New Orleans Charter Science and Math School. They lost to St. James in their opening round game, 60-47. to 47. So St. James gets a victory uh, moving forward and now sending uh, New Orleans Charter Science and Math to the loser's bracket with South Lafouche. Over at the St. Charles Tournament, E.D. White gets a 62-28 to win over Maura Paul. That's a good win for E.D. White after going 0-3 in their home tournament. They bounce back and get a decisive win over Maura Paul over at the St. Charles Tournament in Laplace. Berwick falls to Kaplan 61-57, to so Kaplan gets a victory over the Berwick Panthers. 2A Home of Christian School was off. Single A Central Catholic was off. So that wraps up our local scoreboard. Uh, coach, were there any statewide scores that caught your eye last night? There were some pretty good games around the state last night. I know that Bonneville put it on South yeah. Blackham and decisively. Were there anything that caught your eye? Uh, not really. Just looking at the
1: the, the St. Charles bra- uh, tournament is a bracket schedule, where you know you win, you advance in the winners bracket; lose, you go to losers bracket. Uh, Casey, just in the winners bracket, you have Bonneville, De La Salle, E.D. White, Riverside Academy, St. Charles, St. James, St. <laughs> Martin's Episcopal. Vanderbilt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be some pretty good basketball out there over the St. Charles Catholic New Year's tournament. It's almost like a mini top twenty eight, because you'll be seeing a lot of those teams in the top twenty eight a little bit later on in the year. Um okay, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. Who who do you think is gonna gonna take it home? I I, I would say looking at that list, I would say it'd be between Bonable and Vanderbilt. They, I
1: agree. Yeah.
0: Ooh, that's going to be, if that is the championship game, assuming that they're on opposite brackets, if that is the championship game, that's going to be a really, really fun basketball game there.
1: I mean, losers bracket, you still, Willow School, that's old Lusher School, uh, Lutcher.
0: North Lake Christian.
1: Yeah, I mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not too many easy outs, bro. That's That's a loaded field out there at St. Charles Catholic. Now, let me ask you this, though, and you may know the answer, you may not, and, South Lafouche fans, if you're listening and you do know the answer, please let us know. That's a lot of teams. They gotta, they gotta be using more than one gym, huh? Like, there's no way they're playing all of those games that we had yesterday at one facility. No way.
1: Let's see,
0: one, two. That's eight games. Yeah, ain't no way, bro. They would have to start at like 11 a.m. or I, I don't think I. I, th- I would assume that they would be using multiple facilities there.
1: No, that's according to uh. The article we have here, I'm assuming all these teams are in their tournament.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no, yeah, no, that, yeah, yeah that, that's all at the St. Charles. Yeah, tournament. we don't have the
1: bracket, but uh, yeah,
0: I, I don't know. So if you are a Tarpon fan and you do have the bracket, let us know. Uh, just, just out of curiosity, to see what facilities they might be using. Obviously, they're playing at St. Charles Catholic. St. Charles Catholic is a huge school; they might have multiple gyms on their campus that we're not aware. Of. But anyway, let's catch a break. When we get back, let's have some fun. We don't have a coach on in the next segment, but we are at the midway point of the season for high school basketball. We're going to talk about maybe handing out some midseason MVPs, some mid-season coach of the year, some different things that we're going to do to spice things up. There are a lot of tough decisions that we could make. It's play-by-play, and we'll have some basketball discussions in
2: the next segment right here on KLEB. <laughs> Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top of the line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackage. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street,
0: That's Danos. 3T Oil Change is an efficient, quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines. Brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South Lafourche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, go
2: Tarpons!
0: I want to thank Brooke uh, Ogeron for sending us the bracket of the St. Charles Catholic New Year's Tournament. Um, We got some clarity now on at least who's going to be playing whom um, throughout the course of the week. Remember, we said, hey, Bonneville and Vanderbilt are going to be in the championship game. Well, no, 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 they're not because they're playing one another today in the second round. So that'll be a big showdown (laughs) matchup between the Bruins and Vanderbilt. That one well, today is at 6 o'clock at St. Charles Catholic.
1: If you're making your own schedule, that's good <laughs> scheduling.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. We've got, uh, let's see, St. Martin will be taking on Riverside. That's another winner's bracket game. Uh, St. Charles will be taking on St. James in the winner's bracket. De La Salle will be taking on E.D. White in the winner's bracket. And then in the loser's bracket, we got Maura Paul taking on um, North Lake Christian. They call them Psy uh, High in the bracket, but it's New Orleans uh, Math and Sciences. They'll be taking on South Lafouche. That one is at Riverside over at 445. We got South Plaquemine who will be taking on the Willow School. We saw South Plaquemine, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're not bad. Uh, then we've got uh, Lutcher who will be taking on Ascension Catholic. Those are all losers bracket games. So, uh, big matchups throughout the day. They are using two facilities, Riverside uh, Academy and St. Charles. Man, there were a couple of knuckleheads that went watch a game at Riverside once, randomly. Who would that be? Yeah,
1: sure did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: well, that was a great facility. That was actually a great game that we watched that night, too, when we were scouting for the playoffs. I, I wanted to share something with you, and we are going to hand out some, some mid season awards here in just a second and have a little bit of fun, but I wanted to share something with you because I know you would relate to this. Last night, I sent a text message to Coach Andrew Coyowett, and I said, Coach Cuyowett, uh let's see. I'll tell you exactly what I said. I said, Coach Kiowit, congratulations. No, I'm sorry. I said, first, um, do you have a score for your game, please? This was at 930. And he texted me back at 1045, HL Bourgeois 56, Terrebonne 41. Okay, that's cool. About a minute later, I text back. I said, thanks, Coach. Good job. Great win. At 353 a.m., he shoots me back a text saying, thanks, buddy. Um, you remember those days of being up at 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. and being – I not now, he could have easily just been waking up and taking a leak, too, at 3.50. I don't know. I don't know that he was necessarily still at school. But you remember that grind of late nights, early mornings, and everything in between. The old ball coach was up at 3.50 shooting me a text, thanking me for the, the well wishes. Those are the good old days, right? Hey,
1: crazy – but I missed those.
0: I was about to say, I, yeah. that's the part of it that you yeah. said you missed the most.
1: Yep. B- uh, behind the scenes work, trying to game plan. and uh, Yeah, I, I missed those parts of it for sure.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So Bourgeois gets a big win. Now, let's talk about this. Let's start on the girls' side. It is the preseason. Uh, not the preseason. It's the middle of the season. It's it's mid season. Girls' basketball. Let's start with handing out or Coach of the Year. I'm going to give one. You could give one. You could agree. You could disagree. Whatever it may be. However we decide it. Um, you got Vanderbilt, who's incredible, playing very well, but they've got a loaded roster. You got the Lady Tarpons, who are playing pretty well, exceeding expectations from last year. Um, Coach Nick Snack at E.D. White, exceeding expectations, playing well. I'm going to go a little bit of a different way here. For my girls' basketball mid-season coach of the year I'm gonna go with coach Carey at Covenant Christian Academy because CCA is a school that we don't think of we don't talk about we don't give you know a whole lot of uh, talk to necessarily at times because they're a smaller school CCA is eight and five they have won I believe six games in a row and I'm going to go – well, they, they lost to Central Catholic a couple nights ago, so there you go. That, that snaps a six-game winning streak. I'm going to go with Coach Carey as my midseason coach of the year for the girls. let say you, man. Who are who, who you going with?
1: Man, I'm trying to find a list of schools so I don't uh... – South
0: Central, uh, Thibodeau, E.D. White, Terrebonne, South Terrebonne, Ellender, Vanderbilt, Bourgeois. Um, who am I missing? Ellender, if I didn't say them.
1: Man, I uh, I'm I'm going to go with the the uh the easy one. Who's that? With, uh Vanderbilt. Okay. Coach, Col- hey, look, coach it, Coleman. It
0: ain't easy to coach a lot of talent and and they got a bunch of it but they're really really good. No,
1: and and I think uh a very close second right now uh could be Darian Jenkins with the job she's doing.
0: I would tend to agree. They're they're doing a good job, man. Um they're 9 and 10 and looking at what they have ahead and I like to forecast this out looking at what they have ahead they got a game with Terrebonne I think they're going to win I think they're going to beat Morgan City tomorrow Dominican will be a challenge I think they'll beat Ellender I think they'll beat South Terrebonne I think they'll beat Mount Cornwall. like they're about ready in my estimation to get really hot and I, I do think that they're going to make the playoffs in Division 1 non-select and if they do that you, you know you're right I think that she deserves some recognition on the boys side for me And I know they lost yesterday. I'm going Brandon Brown, bro. You lose. What's up?
1: Uh, uh, I was searching his name as you said.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm going Brandon Brown. You lose a big 6'8". You lose a bunch of seniors. You lose Kobe Jones. And you lose guys that are all over your roster off of a 20-plus win team. It's a terrible program that has struggled in recent years. Um, uh, they're thirteen and seven. I'm going Brandon Brown, man. I, I think that Coach Brown is our preseason coach of the year. Now, they've still got some work to do, right? They've got a, you know, big one tomorrow. They got to play Morgan City in the midweek, next week. They got some work to do. But I think that the job that they have done piecing their roster back together, I'm going Bone all day long. I'm going Brandon Brown. He's my midseason coach of the year.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. I think um uh, uh, Andrew Cayuet. They've the Braves, had a big turnaround, big too. big turnaround from last year. And I would also put in the mix, and this, people might say, what? You, you, look at their record, uh, Tony Clark, hey, no. Thibodeau High. I think uh, he's doing a super job. His team has been improving. And, look, if they can find a way to score the basketball, this team is going to win some games down the stretch. It, it, it's just it, it's a struggle right now on offense for him, but uh, I think he's doing a super job at Tibble.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. Let's go on the girls' basketball side of things. The most valuable player, um, coach. I I, I got to tell you, I think we saw her last night. My pick for girls' basketball most valuable player. If E.D. White doesn't have Caroline Adams, I mean they're. <laughs> They're not 12 and six. They're not number six in Division two select. I mean, she scored what 60, 70 percent of their points last night. She's a nickel signee for a reason. She is a very gifted player. But the thing that I like the most about Caroline and the reason why I give her that midseason recognition and it's almost to a fault at times, she could at times be too unselfish. Yes. She passes the ball and makes the right basketball play. I t- like last night, you and I were calling for her in a game where she scored 26 points to maybe be more assertive and more aggressive, but she's that kind of a talent. Um, if we're listing value and who's the most valuable player, ain't no way E.D. White is 12 and six if Caroline Adams is not on that roster.
1: Yeah, I would agree. If that's the way you're going to attack, they're the most valuable to her team. Uh, yes. There, there's no doubt. I'd also put in that mix, uh, Nyla Lyons. Oh yes, because without her, the Lady Tarpins are a different team. Uh, but as far as uh, the most valuable player, not so much. You know, for her team, if she wouldn't be there, but the best player, I guess, uh, Michaela Charles.
0: Michaela Charles is ridiculous, and, and, and there's, you know, I mean ridiculous in a good way. She has evolved her game so much. She was an interior player back-to-the-basket post player, who now at times is their point guard, bringing the ball up the floor, shooting threes in the mid-range. The only reason why I chose Caroline, quite frankly, is because I think that if Michaela Charles you know, had a bruised finger and had to miss two games, I think Vanderbilt could still right, win because right. of the great talent on their roster. I don't know that the same could be said uh, there. But I tell you what, if I were a coach, I wouldn't mind having either one. <laughs> I no. think that they're both incredible. On the boys, it's really tough. My goodness, is it really tough? Because you got Chris Coleman at HL Bourgeois, who's exceptional. You've got um Gage Griffin at Central Lafouche, who's exceptional. You've got playmakers all around the area. I gotta go with Gage, though, man, because I say Gage, Evan. I keep I confused. Yeah. Evan Griffin. I, I always call him Gage. Evan Griffin at Central Lafouche is who I got to go with because, again, same thing like Caroline. If you don't have some of those big 20, 30, 40-point games from Evan earlier in the season, the Trojans' record wouldn't be what it is. But I'll tell you this, man. You could give it to uh, Matthews at Vanderbilt. You could give it to Jaden Coleman at Vanderbilt. You could give it to uh, Chris Coleman. You could give it... To Kylan Billiot, you could. I mean, there are so many options. Bailey Streams at Covenant Christian is having a hell of a year. There are dudes all over the area, but I gotta go with Evan Griffin because I think that in terms of value, he means the most to his team.
1: Yeah, that's a good choice there. Uh, I, again, I'm gonna go with. One of the better players that I've seen. I you gotta go with Coleman for uh, from HL. That's with, a great choice as well, bro. And and the reason, Casey, is he keeps improving. He hasn't peaked yet. He hasn't gotten to the top. He he's just he gets better and better. And uh I mean he's gonna he's a force to be reckoned with on that on that court.
0: Oh, no, no doubt. That's an incredible choice, man. Look, so Just wanted to do that. We had a free basketball segment. It is right at the mid-season point. Wanted to give some attaboys and some attagirls to some folks who are doing a good job. But now we've got to catch a break because we're going to the phone lines in the next segment. How often can you say on January the 4th that we're going to be talking to a coach of a team that is undefeated? Coach Kirby Loop and the Bruley team, they're 14-0, sitting at number 3 in Division II non-select. He's been eager to come on the air with us. Can't wait to chat with him in the next segment. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this.
2: Education. Prevention. Care. At Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute, we're committed to impacting future generations through promoting healthcare education and disease
0: prevention. Our team specializes in athletic injury prevention and post care, using
2: the latest techniques to help athletes perform at their best and stay in the game or get them back in action. Discover more about how Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute provides healthcare for our community at TGHealthSystem.com. While inventory is growing, Prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors. 15101, Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325 1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority.
3: Your business deserves the highest quality internet connection and phone service. Rev Business offers you the best at a great price. Delivered on an all fiber network and backed by our local support teams who have been going that extra mile for 85 years. Rev Business wants to show you the power of hosted phone service and Metro E, direct connections between your locations. For a limited time, get three months free. Some restrictions may apply. Visit us at letsrev.biz rev business
0: water safety tips from riley john's blue boot foundation one always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water two wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water three remove toys from swimming pools when not in use four empty all blow up pools and buckets of water when not in use as children can drown in as little as two inches of water five check the water first if a child goes missing six stay off and away from the rock jetties and number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim.
2: When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside.
0: Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. We open up our lunchtime hour by going to an undefeated boys basketball coach of the Bruley Panthers, Coach Kirby Loop, who's on the line now, Coach Good afternoon, buddy. Good to talk to you. How are we doing today, man? Hey, doing
4: fine. Happy New Year to you
0: guys. Same to you, brother. Look, you guys are 14-0, and are playing some really, really good basketball. We were super impressed with your team over at the Core Holiday Invitational. And frankly, bro, you guys won a couple of thrillers. You got a two-point thriller against HL Bourgeois, then the great overtime win against Shaw, with your boy making the big three-pointer there. Your team... Um, Put some skins on their back out there. The core invitation That's two huge wins, and you guys are fourteen and zero.
4: Yep, it's uh, you know, we we have a lot of kids that have uh, a good deal of experience. Um, you know, we went to the top twenty eight in in nineteen the COVID year and uh, lost pretty much everybody off that team, and so a lot of these kids had to play early in the, in their careers, and uh, you know, we went through some through some growing pains, but. Uh, you can just see the maturity, uh, as basketball players on the court. And, um, look, we have some, we have some kids that aren't afraid of the moment and, and it showed this weekend in these two teams uh, you know, bourgeois, you'd have to find a better seven loss team in the state of Louisiana and, and show me they're solid. Uh, I played at Thibodeau for, for coach Cayouette. Uh, I, I know the job he does with his teams. They're going to be tough. Uh, the, the, the point guard they have number two, uh, is a special player. And, um, you know, we come out of that game. We, we we didn't shoot the ball well from the free throw line, and and I think that allowed them to stay in late. But, you know, we pulled that one off, and then we knew Shaw was going to be really tough. They're one of the better teams in Louisiana. They're super long, uh, but you know, credit to our kids, man, they played really well and 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 hit a couple big shots down the stretch.
0: Coach, one of the things that I really liked the most about your team in watching them over at the D Y tournament is, man just never panic. Um you know you guys could get dealt with some adversity, you know, the other team can make an 80 run, you guys could have to call a timeout, whatever it may be, the mood and the demeanor just never changes. They give you 110%, they never hang their head. Bro, that that's amazing to see because there're not very many teams that have that same gutsy mentality anymore.
4: Yeah, you know, and we talked a lot about it throughout the, the early part of this year. Uh we really didn't hit that adversity. You know, we we hadn't trailed very often. Uh, and then we went to Episcopal, and, and we fell down by nine at the half. And, and I told them at halftime, I said, okay, here's the moment we've been talking about. And we come out and outscore them 28-3 to three in the third quarter. And, and, and um, you know, and then this, this tournament we faced, you know, those last two games. I mean, we, both games we kind of trailed, you know, most of the game and, and just super proud of them, you know. It's, it's, uh, it's something that, that we've, we've talked a lot about in the locker room, but you have to see it. Come into play on the court w- when they actually uh, go through those those times. So super proud of them for continuing to play and and just I told them during the game at the show during the show I'm like man I have a front row seat to this and it was just it was really impressive watching them compete at such a high level and and make the plays they needed to.
0: You get the opportunity to be a coach of a very quality team. You also get the opportunity to be the dad of a very quality player. Man, your kid was out there in the final minute of overtime against Shaw throwing darts and was making. Big three-pointers, clutch shots, getting everybody fired up. Dude, I can't even – like, I got the chills just thinking about it. I can't imagine what it must be like for you experiencing that.
4: You know, I've talked to I've talked to several coaches. Uh, Cody has been around our program his entire life. He's been in the locker room, you know, uh, at every sport. I've coached him pretty much his whole life at every sport. And um, I've talked to so many high school coaches who have coached a kid in the past and just tried to feel out, you know, and, and get a – a good evaluation of what this would be like, but you just don't understand it. Look, he's my favorite player I've ever coached. He's also uh, the kid I butt heads most with in my <laughs> career as well. Um, but look, he he is fearless. Uh, he has a very high IQ. He wants the ball in those moments. And, and you know, I've probably watched – sometimes you got to sit back as a dad. That's hard to do because you have to be coached first and foremost. But I've probably watched that shot 200 times since since Saturday night.
1: Coach, I've seen you guys play a couple of times, and uh, I came away impressed with your transition game. Uh, you put pressure on teams, no matter the score, by getting your guys out in transition and trying to shoot layups. You get fouled a lot of times on those layup attempts. Just talk about the importance of that transition game.
4: Yeah, you know, Brian, um, I guess six, seven years ago when I first got to Brule, um, we went to the top 28. We wasn't there. Uh, we didn't make it, and I went watch all those games. And I'm watching Wassman and Madison Prep and Scotlandville and Bolger and all these teams that's there every year. And and that's the way they play, you know. And and so uh, we talked to the staff back then. Demario Jackson was my assistant, who's now the head coach at, at LSUA, And uh, we just said, man, we have to start playing like that because that's how everybody in those in that building's playing. And so, look, we we took some beatings uh, when we first incorporated it, but. We practice like that every day. We're up and down the floor. We do a lot of disadvantaged drills. That probably pretty much our whole practice is disadvantaged drills. And um, we, we've ramped up the skill development, probably half our practice is skill development now. And, um, you know, that that's where basketball has gone. It, it's a positionless sport. Everybody has to be able to handle it, shoot it a little bit. And, uh, look, we, we're at our best when we're up and down the floor. We have some athletic kids. I want them to be aggressive. I want them to, to – I tell them all the time. I want you to play your game, as long as your game doesn't include you having the ball in your hands and everybody else watching. So, it's it's things we talk about a lot. It's things we watch on film. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna attack the rim. We're gonna try and play fast. Uh, we we understand we're gonna make a couple of more mistakes than the average uh, team because we want to play so fast. But I think we get them back in in certain possessions as well.
0: Coach, talk about now the psychological aspect of hey, you're fourteen and zero. The kids are so connected today. They could log on to GoPreps right now and see your power ranking and they could see the record of all your future opponents and all the you know, all that good stuff. I'm sure the kids are super excited and with good reason, but how do you make sure that they stay grounded and understand, hey man, we gotta make sure that we're continuing to get better before the more meaningful games in February.
4: Yeah, no doubt. And uh, look, we, we we lost in the quarters last year to Iowa. They're really good. They're they're right above us in the power rankings. They return their whole team. We pretty much return our whole team. So we know what that game looks like. Uh, We were defeated in that game. That's been a pressure point the whole summer for us. Uh, It's in our locker room. You know, the top 28 state championship is is the goal for this team, and it's something we talk about every single day. And we have, you know, we have our biggest rival, uh, Port Allen, tomorrow. Uh, at Port Allen and we know what that game's about. It's, it's, um, it's a, it's a big time intense rival. Um, and and just two years ago, you know, they were a state champion. They were a lot, you know, they were a much better team than we were and we went in there and upset them at the buzzer. So, you know, we talked about that game and, and they understand that you have to go play your best game uh, every night because now you have the target on your back, you know, and, and you're going to get everybody's best shot. You're not going to walk up on anybody anymore. So, um, Hey, look, it's 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 a fun time. The kids are excited. Uh, we have a great vibe going on in, in our in our locker room right now, and just glad to be a part of it, especially with my own kids.
0: Coach, we ask the, the the guys on the bayou hear this question all the time, and I can't wait to hear your answer. You guys are in a big old district, and you're you're playing one round within your big old district. But a couple things that stand out to me is you guys got some good PowerPoint earning opportunities. Saint Michael's really strong. Plaquemines really strong. McKinley's really strong. But there are also some games there against some one and two win teams that, quite frankly, even if you win, are going to hurt your number. Are you in yeah. favor of potentially doing away with district play in the future? Some of our Bayou coaches say, "Hey, man, I don't know why we do this anymore." How do you guys feel over at Bruley?
4: Yeah, that, that's a great question. It, it, we've had a lot of conversation in our previous district two years ago. It was us, U High, Madison Prep, uh, and then there was some some you know some some bottom teams in there. We did away with district. We went to a tournament, uh, and what we did is we we took used go preps at a certain point the week before the tournament, and we took the top four seeds to one place, and the bottom five went to another place. And uh, you know, I think I think those teams that are that are one in fifteen, you know, they don't want to go play those those really good teams and for their kids either. You know, because for them it's about trying to gain some momentum at the end of the year, trying to build a program. So I was in favor of the tournament. This district didn't want to do it. Um, but it, it's something we continue to talk about uh, because you're right. I, I watched uh, the year we went to the top 28 and 19. Madison Prep was the number one seed going in the district. They went undefeated in our district and dropped three spots in the power rankings, fell to three. That shouldn't happen when you, when you uh, run through a district and, and beating everybody by 20, 30 points.
1: Coach, is uh, Alan Bouvier still keeping the books or the clock for you at home
4: games? Man, I don't know what I would do without Alan (laughs) Bouvier. He is at every game. Look, he can complain now, man. (laughs) He he complains about them, but he is is our right-hand guy, man. He's a really good guy. He's been really good for our program. And, uh, man, don't know what I'd do without him.
1: Make sure, please tell him hello for us.
4: I will do. I will do.
0: For sure, dude. But look, before we let you go, you guys are 14-0 heading into a rivalry matchup tomorrow on the road against Port Allen. What are some things in the new year that you guys are working on and trying to get better at to try to get ready for postseason?
4: Yeah, great question. Um, for us, you know, we just finished practice. I just walked out of practice. We we did an hour of skill development. You know, I told them the days about you. Um, we want to work on your weaknesses. Uh, you know, we, we talk a lot. I have them jot down. What are their strengths as players? What are their weaknesses as players? We want to attack those weaknesses so we can continue to grow. So, um, you know, we, we kind of threw the grind. For us right now, it's about, it's about continuing to work on our own personal game, uh, continue to clean up the, the, the things that we have with our team, watching a lot of film, and just, find, you know, keeping that hungry edge. You know, it's about getting them in, getting them out, and um, keeping them fresh for, for, for the next game.
0: Sounds like a winner. Coach, thanks so much for the time. Congrats on the great start, and we'll chat again soon, okay?
4: Hey, thank you, guys. Y'all take care.
0: Yep. That is Coach Kirby Loop with Brule doing an excellent job. was so impressed with the effort that they play with, man. Their kids play so hard, and then his kid, Cody, it's kind of like he mentioned during the interview, he wants his guys to be positionless. Hey, you know, my big guy still got to be able to dribble, still got to be able to shoot. His kid's a great example yes. of that. His kid's like six two, six three. He could play in the post. He could dribble. He could pass out of the post. He could make three pointers. Like, I don't know how you you, you guard a player like that. And I, I'm comparing him now to the NBA's best players. So bear with me here. I understand this is a stretch, but he does stuff for their offense like Jokic does for the Nuggets. He's the big guy. He distributes. He makes threes. He scores inside. He scores outside. He rebounds. Like he does a little bit of everything for their team.
1: Yeah, uh, watching him play. Can you tell he's been around the game for years? Yes. (laughs) yes. And look, you can put him on the post. He's got a wide body. He can make free throws. He shoots the ball well from the outside. And look, this is a dangerous team. And I said it before, they are so hard to defend because they have that transition game where they want to run. And if you slow them down, they have half-court sets that they can run. They can shoot the ball well from the outside. They can score on the inside. It's a well-balanced team, and uh, Kirby Loop does an outstanding job coaching these guys.
0: Now, he mentioned something there. Down the stretch, their final, like, two weeks of the year, they're playing three-win West Feliciana, two-win a five-win Tara, two-win Estruma. Like, I really hope they're not in a situation where they lose some seating at the end based on games that they, quote-unquote, have to play. Um, but it's it's good that they have a lot of hay in the barn right now and have gotten several quality victories because the end and the very back end of their schedule is not going to quite be as intense for them.
1: Yeah, that's the only thing, you know, with the power points and district. Um, seeing here they play uh, one round, it's a big district.
0: It is a huge district.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's a shame, but hey, they're doing what they have to do right now so maybe toward the end of the year, it won't hurt them as much at seeding.
0: They are currently seated number three right now in Division Two, non-select. Wassman is ahead of them. Iowa is ahead of them. They're third. Carroll's fourth. Bozier fifth. North Vermilion sixth. Plaquemine seventh. Northwest eight, Jennings nine and Franklin Parrish ten. Uh, that Division Two, non-select, is also where Morgan City and Ellender are. But both of those teams currently sit outside of the top twenty-eight. Lutcher would be in the playoffs if the playoffs started today. They would be at number twenty-three and would have an opportunity. assumptions also outside sitting at number 43 with a winless 0-11 start to the year. Let's catch a break. When we get back, going to Mr. Stan Gravois. It's our Terrebonne General Thursday interview. We can't wait to chat with Stan. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this.
3: The other day, someone said they saw a roach the size of a nutria down around cutoff. I don't know about that, but nasty pests like roaches, termites, ants, and spiders are running wild up and down the bayou. If you got bug problems, call the local experts at Terminex, and those bayou boys will be there in a jiffy to protect your home or business. So whether you live up the bayou or down the bayou, Terminex is
2: here to get rid of bugs any size. So call those bayou boys. They'll get you, get you Terminex tough.
4: Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa wants you to join them for the start of something new sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It's a grand new year, so get a great deal on your new dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday,
3: today, and tomorrow. When it comes to brain and spine surgery, you want an expert, you want Thibodeau Regional. Our neurosurgeons perform complex back, neck, and brain surgeries, as well as minimally invasive and even same day procedures. Spine and even basic brain surgery may be commonly available in our region. What isn't common is the expertise and quality care you'll receive at Thibodeau Regional Brain and Spine Clinic.
2: Welcome to No Wake Outfitters, located in Metairie, just east of Causeway Boulevard. Your one-stop fly shop, kayak, and sportsman outfitters. You can check out our new kayak demos and our new pool and sea casting demonstrations. We have a new selection of functional and comfortable apparel from your favorite brands for the cooler weather. And our dedicated staff is here and ready to provide you with the knowledge to make an informed purchase. Come on in to check out some of our exclusive brands, such as Rugged Road, Turtle Box, Orvis, New Canoe, Old Town, and oh yeah, New Canoe 2022 kayaks are now 20% off. No Wake Outfitters, 1923. Six airline drive in Metairie. Come on!
3: Yeah. If you want it all back, jump to your feet right now.
0: Oh. We thank Coach Kirby Loop and the undefeated Bruley Panthers for his time in the last segment of the show. Now we go to the phone lines again. It's Thursday, and it's a little past 12:15. So that means it's time for our Terrabone General Thursday interview with Mr. Stan Grava, who's on the line now. Stan, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today?
3: Hey, guys, I'm doing well. Hope you're doing well also. We Happy are. New Year if I hadn't told you guys yet either. No, same
0: to you, same buddy. To you. We, we are doing well. Um, last <laughs> night in the local area, we had a big one. HL Bourgeois gets a sweep over Terrebonne, opening up our 5A boys basketball play for the girls. They've been playing for a little while. Our local 5A district, man, it, it, the river schools, with the exception of Destran, are pretty strong. But the Bayou schools are pretty strong, too. And now we've got a big one with Terrebonne and Central Lafouche. And one of the things, Stan, that Brian and I have been talking about is that, yeah, these teams are going to beat up on one another, but they all also have to be very careful because if you go on a two-week stretch of losing four closed games in a row with as competitive as Division I non-select is, you're going to lose your seat and maybe not even make the playoffs. So you want parity, but you don't want to go on any type of bad streaks because of how doggone tough that bracket is.
3: Yep, that's a a tough district, and it's going to be tough all the way. And I know you get, you know, power points for playing good teams, but now everybody's going to be beating up each other in that particular district, so it's going to sort of level out a little bit. I, I would say this, last night I wasn't real surprised at the outcome of that game. Just during the holidays, seeing both Terrebonne and seeing HL Bourgeois, I think Terrebonne's still sort of searching for that consistency on the boys' side of things. And I don't think they found it yet on the other side of the coin, man, hL bushwas just athletic, you know uh, a lot of it looks like a, a team full of guards who can just run and actually, and you saw this actually, you were there for the core uh tournament when I was sitting with coach albert Coach Albert kept telling me that Coleman was capable of taking two steps beyond the uh half court line and putting it up and He was going to make it, and he was exactly right. I mean, they're that kind of team. So I think HL Bourgeois is going to be in there unless they sort of get down on themselves. I think they're going to be in there the entire way. Uh, Terrebonne, I think, is going to have to find some consistency somewhere along the way. And I got to tell you, it's real early on. But that game against Central LaFouche is huge for Terrebonne. Yes, it is. I I think you don't win that one. and all of a sudden, there's a little bit of self-doubt going in there. You know, You know, Bill Yacht was sort of going to play, not going to play. Now he's playing this weekend, you know, in, in that all-star game in Texas. So it makes it a little tougher to find that consistency. So, yeah, I, I think that a team in that particular district who gets hot and stays hot, obviously is going to be the team that's going to win it, but it's also going to be the team that's going to be in the home side of the bracket.
0: You brought it up a second ago, so I'm going to ask you about it, man. I, in the last couple of days, have not been able to log on to Twitter without seeing a highlight reel catch made by Kylan Billiot. He's going to San Antonio, playing the best of the best, and is really making a name for himself, man. He's, he's, he's broken out quite a bit out there.
3: Yeah, listen, yesterday, you're going to love this, Casey. Of course, Brian's going to have to ask you when y'all get to the break what the heck we were talking about. <laughs> I went and talked to a person who, how do, I, how do I do this without stepping on myself? So next Wednesday, we're going to announce the inductees into the Bi-Region Hall of Fame. We've been surprising them, and yesterday we surprised the last of the six. That being said, I was privy to talk to a lot of people at one particular high school that Bill Yacht went to. <laughs> so now you probably know who I'm talking about. Yes. That all being said, uh, Tala was there. Tyler was actually part of the surprise. Uh, again, we'll get to that next week. And Tyler and I walked to the side talking after the ceremony was done. And Tyler's taken off to San Antonio to the game. He's that excited about what he's been hearing from Tyler about his play and how he's playing. And you just said it. You could just flip on your social media and find out that he's doing really well right now. I think he needs this, too. Because when you hear about that signing class at LSU, they mention a lot of names, but they don't mention him. And that's, I think, because he just didn't have a lot of receptions at Terrebonne. He wasn't a stat guy, right? And he didn't make any all-state teams or anything like that. So I think something like this where you could sort of prove yourself was big for him. And by all accounts, it sounds like he is. He's got the frame, man. He's he's a big kid. He's He looks like your collegiate wide receiver but you still have to do it and uh and I think this is a step in the right direction for him understanding what it takes to play college ball
0: you know one of the things that is really exciting from the perspective of an LSU fan right now is okay you get the bowl win you win your 10th game recruiting right now has been a bonanza you get Dominic McKinley the number one player in the 24 class in Louisiana to flip from A&M to you Yesterday, you get Harlem Berry, a five-star running back, the number one running back in the country, according to most services, to commit to you. You already have the number one receiver in the next class committed to you, and a lot of experts are saying that on Saturday, you're going to get the number one quarterback and the number one overall player in the country, Bryce Underwood, to commit to you. Boy, if LSU could bring Underwood in, Adam with Berry, Adam with McKinley, add it with the 10th win, man, it would be one heck of a week for Tiger football. And by and large, you've kind of avoided, avoided the, the transfer portal as well, man. It would be a really, really strong week for Brian Kelly if the Tigers could pull this off.
3: Well, ifs are different now. And if 10 years ago was like, if you bring Underwood in, if you bring these guys in, you were pretty solid and you felt good about yourself. Now, in today's world, if you bring in Harlan and Barry and you bring in Underwood and all of these other guys who are added to that class, the if is if you keep them around, <laughs> right, another if. You know, if it was a skiff, we'd all go fishing, right? So I still wait for that to happen. I heard somebody say this this week, and this is not for me, but it's, it's very simple, but it's sort of like, yeah, on point was, hey, we're in a situation where we're actually paying these guys before they ever do anything. At least in the NFL, if you're going to pay a guy big time money to come in the NFL, they've sort of proven it on the collegiate level. These guys haven't even proven it on the collegiate level yet, and we pay them. So you want to see what they could do. So when it's Harlan Berry, even Colin Billiard, even you know Mason Smith, whatever, I worry about that nil money. Nil money sort of, you know, skewing the whole system. Now, after they do it on the collegiate level, I'm all for it. You know, like, for example, Kyron uh, Lacey. Karen Lacey deserves a, a pretty nifty little NIL deal, I think, you know. But just prove that you could do it first. So, I guess my point is, I'm not going to get too too excited about some of these guys coming out of high school. Some of them coming out of the portal are pretty interesting. And And listen, I have to I'll I'll name drop a little shamelessly plug, you know, uh, a name right before we uh, I went on air with you guys right before Brian called, probably about 10 seconds before I'd hung up with Mike. We were just chatting about something totally different. And he mentioned a couple of guys in the portal right now that he thinks uh, and, you know, Mike's in the know on some of these things. And I think we're going to be shocked just with some of the things going forward. And I think as Ole Miss is getting richer, they may even get richer. So, you know, it's, I just want to see it all play out. And, and as excited as I am about the way Nussmeyer played and the way the offense is, you got to wait and see what you're going to get offensively as a coordinator. You got to wait what you see, what you're going to get defensively as a coordinator and a staff for that matter. And just a few other things that go along with it because the one thing for sure, as good as the LSU is offense was, was as bad as the LSU's defense
0: was. Were you surprised to see that not only did they remove Matt House, that they removed the entire defensive staff? Because that one was a little bit of a shock. Like, look, I'm not surprised they let Matt House go. I'll probably say that that probably wasn't even Brian Kelly's decision. Like, the boosters probably told him, hey, you're getting a new defensive coordinator, Coach. Um, But to get rid of the entire defensive staff, you're right. It puts a little pressure. You got to not only hit home runs once for your coordinator, you've got to hit home runs multiple times with all of your assistants as well.
3: Well, I was talking to a high school coach yesterday who said he kind of thought it was neat that that guy who becomes the coordinator on defense sort of has the latitude to go out and get guys that he likes that he can respond to. So maybe maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. It seems like just you know, look. My perspective of the whole thing is is. Brian Kelly got rid of the guys that these players could not relate to. Yep. Something was amiss there. And uh, I think he's going to go out and probably find those guys that they can relate to. Now, I will say this about Brian Kelly, too. He's going to find guys who can coach, like fundamentals and technique. That's why I want a lot of people, and I'm not saying he won't be an LSU coach. I got into this argument with some of the people here at work. Corey Raymond may end up at LSU. But it sounds like he's a great guy, especially for Louisiana, related to knowing the high schools and knowing the kids. But it's maybe the X and O part of it and all of that stuff. Brian Kelly this time is not going to get caught not having a guy who could do it on the field and sort of recruit for you. So we'll see. it's going to be fun just to sit back and look and see exactly who he's looking at and who might come in. I think it makes for a fun off season to see these changes that are happening. But I, but I am, you know, as, as optimistic as I am about LSU, I do understand that the whole landscape of college football is going to be interesting going forward. You've got two teams playing for a national championship in Washington and Michigan who are not full of blue-chip players. That, that's not how they were built. Uh, the portal certainly has helped in the case of both schools, but primarily Washington with Phoenix. But uh, no, it's going to be interesting to see how things sort of level off after the portal in the NIL world have been instituted in the next, say, five to 10 years.
0: Thus, Meyer was 31 of 45 in the bowl, 395 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception. On one hand, um, you know, early in the game, I was not all that pleased with what I was seeing. You know, they were leaving a lot of meat on the bone, weren't converting third downs. But on the other hand, it's a quarterback who in his first career start um, rallied from 14 points behind twice, went on a 98-yard drive to win the game late, thought Nussmeyer did well. And I think another thing, Stan, that people really need to pay attention to, look, a lot of the inability for LSU to run the ball in the bowl was because they were doing RPO stuff with a quarterback that Wisconsin didn't have to respect his ability to run. Next year, they're going to change the offense and eliminate some of that stuff, do things to make Garrett more comfortable. I was pleased. I thought he played really well, and I'm more confident heading towards next season than I was before the game, seeing what he could do out there on the field.
3: Uh, He certainly could spin it, man. As the kids say, he can throw it, and uh, he gets it in tight windows, and I'm impressed with that. He doesn't look to run near, obviously. I mean, I'm not saying anything that's earth-shattering. He doesn't run like Jaden Daniels runs, but that's okay. I mean, you don't have to. Jaden Daniels was extremely special. I thought that was a play early in that game, and you guys may not remember it, but he threw a long pass down the field, and Thomas actually, I thought, should have caught the ball, but he lost where he was on the field, and he he caught the ball basically out of bounds. And that, to me, if that play happens early in that game, I don't think you have a 14 nothing Wisconsin lead. I think he sort of gets into a little rhythm a lot earlier than what he actually did get into a rhythm. But I, I don't have one bad thing to say about the way he played. I think he did extremely well. I think the guy who's a little nervous right now is a swan kid who decided to come to LSU from Vanderbilt because he's probably sitting there going, oh, my God, I left you know a playing position at Vanderbilt University, even though Vanderbilt's not particularly good to go to LSU where I'm going to sit and watch. So, uh, no, I, I I think he did well. I think Hilton showed up, so you feel a little bit better about the receiving core. Man, I think Mason uh, Taylor had a great game. So, there's a lot, and the offensive line has been good all year. Uh, I, I think there's so many things to look forward to offensively for LSU. The problem is, is there's so many things to look forward to defensively.
0: No doubt. Look, Let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. They're, they have two doors available to them to get into the playoffs. The simplest one is beating Atlanta.
3: Wait, 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 wait. I gotta cut you off. What's Here up? You, Casey. Brian's right there, right? Yes, sir. Brian's the guy who said that LSU was gonna shut out Wisconsin <laughs> in that bowl game. I, just, I gotta take a jab at him all like I got. Yeah,
1: uh, uh, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you were wrong within like
0: Three yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Look, New Orleans is 8-8. Eight eight. They're taking on Atlanta and the Dome. They got two avenues to try to get in. The easiest is if they beat Atlanta, Tampa Bay loses to Carolina. Now, you're putting eggs in Carolina's basket, but it's not impossible. They played better. Um, the second out is if you beat Atlanta, Arizona beats Seattle, and Chicago beats Green Bay, you could potentially get the last wild card spot. So I'm going to ask you, look, Brian is convinced that the Saints are going to get some help on Sunday, but that they're going to lose to Atlanta. So I'm going to ask you, is there any chance that New Orleans is going to get into the playoffs when this is all said and done?
3: I don't know, because I was just kind of messing with Brian, but I'm also (laughs) the guy who sat here last week and said, there is no way that the Saints are going to beat Tampa Bay. And they did it. So I guess I I learned my lesson, too. Listen, I could see the Cardinals, you know, they beat Philly maybe i could see this uh i don't think the packers are great but chicago i've never thought this year was horrible horrible they were not good but not i thought they could beat teams on a given sunday so i could see that maybe happening but wouldn't that be amazing if the cardinals and the bears win and the saints lose that would be (laughs) like wow that would be wild uh I just, I I don't think Atlanta's particularly good, and that's the team I thought would actually win the division. So, yeah, man, I don't know what to think about the Saints anymore. The the only thing I've come to the conclusion, and I made that comment last week too, was that the Saints won one of the final two. We just need to shut up about Dennis Allen being going because he ain't going nowhere. I mean, there's a chance that they make, you know, Pete Carmichael the fall guy. But I think we have Dennis Allen, and I think we're going through a year sort of like this again where it's really hard to get super excited. And uh, then, who knows, if the Saints win it and the Bears and the Cardinals come through or even the Carolina win, I I don't know if I get, like, real, like, excited or what I do. I, I don't even know how to act if that happens because – I just don't see the Saints putting together two games. <laughs> so so we'll just let it happen and figure it out after this Sunday.
0: Stand the national championship game in college football will be Monday and I really think it's such an interesting matchup because I think that Washington will be able to hit vertical throws down the field far better than what Alabama could. Milro was really not playing well on on Monday. But at the flip side, I think that Michigan will be able to bully Washington, run the football, control the clock, better than they did against Alabama's front. And I really believe, you know, the old expression, old cliche, styles make fights. Whichever team plays the game the way that they want to play it the best, I think is going to be the team that wins the championship. But I don't necessarily have a lean either way of how that's going to go. I, I'm
3: with you. I, I don't know. I think it's going to be the ebb and flow of the game that's going to dictate the winner. I don't think that's Anybody out there who could say definitively they know this team is going to be this team because it's sort of kidding themselves because I think it just has to sort of play out. I, I will say that, you know, the, in, the, in the games leading up, the two semifinal games, I actually had Alabama and Texas winning. Yep, me too. And when the, when the game was over, when both games were over, I think the best teams won. I, I, even though they were close games and they were great games, I think if uh, it was over again, Alabama, would, if they would have won, would have said, man, I don't want to play Michigan again. And I think Texas would have said, I don't want to play Washington again. And I think both of those other teams, Washington and Michigan, would have said, God, we let it get away from us. So I do think it's the best two teams. I, I don't know how this game's going to go. I really don't. Uh, I. I never thought I would be excited to not have an SEC team in there, but since it's in Houston, I'm glad Texas doesn't have a definitive edge playing there, and I guess I'm glad Alabama doesn't. I will say this about Alabama after the game, and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to break Brian's heart on wood, but he said it a couple of times. He thought there was some faults in Alabama this year. After that game, I was like, yeah, Alabama's not one of the best. You, know what? you want to know who? It's I It's eye candy. But I actually think that the best team is,
0: uh, I think the best team is Georgia. I, I, I promise you the next question I was going to ask is if the 12-team playoff started this year, would you pick Georgia to win the championship? Because I would. I think they're the best team. I think they had a bad Saturday. I think that in some ways they thought that they could maybe afford to lose and still get in. I think Georgia's the best team in the country. And just the way the season went, they ended up not making it at all.
3: Absolutely. I, you listen, and it wasn't about that Florida State game. I realized that was sort of a sham, and I'm,
0: it's, it's disappointing to
3: see that game go like it did. But I even thought it after the game. Georgia, for what, the last three years, has been like on the top of their game. So one game, they sort of lost that little edge. One game in three years, and they were penalized for it. And I thought, boy, the rest of these four teams ought to be glad they're not in there because I really thought Georgia was the best team of uh, those teams that were left.
0: Yeah, no doubt, brother. Look, before we let you go, um, you said next week we're going to get the list of Hall of Fame inductees.
3: Yep. So one week from the day, we can kind of celebrate it, and then that following Saturday on uh, on on the Sports Corner, we'll we'll get it out there to everybody. Uh, but we're really proud of the class. Again, we notified the last person yesterday. You could share that with Brian in a little while if he didn't catch on or whatever. Uh, but they were all it was, uh, how do I say this? It was extremely emotional with a lot of them when I went you know to, to greet them because this year we did it. In the past, we would just give them a call and let them know that they were, you know, an inductee. And this year we went and met with all of them except for one who has gone in posthumously. And uh, when we did, they were all extremely emotional. And uh, I think it's going to be a a great. You're going to see the name and say, I kind of know who that is, or I I remember that name. And then when you see sort of some of the video we found on these people, it'll make you smile and go, wow, that that guy was from right here in our backyard. So that's always kind of
0: cool. No doubt, my friend. Thanks so much for the time. Looking forward to chatting with you on Saturday. Hey, before we let you go, you coming to Nichols tonight?
3: Uh, I think I will be at Nichols. So, uh, my good friend, Lester Beamer is uh, telling me that these are the kind of games you want to be eating. The mobile game was good. I saw you there, Casey, having fun. I, I got to sit in one of the black seats there, right? There you in go. Front of the, uh, yeah. So that was cool. But, uh, no, this, this is, I, I love where I live now, man. It's so nice just to go over. So, yep. And, uh, uh, Lester's promising me a good night of basketball. tonight.
0: There you go. Thanks so much, buddy. Have a good one.
3: All right, talk
0: to you guys later. Yep, that is Stan Gravall doing a great job, as always, on our Bone General Thursday interview. He said he doesn't have a pick for the national championship game. I don't know that I have one yet either. Um, It's going to be a great game. He also said that, like you, he thinks the Saints could potentially get all of the help that they need, which means it could potentially come down to whether or not they could beat Atlanta. They are a three-point favorite against Atlanta. Boy, that would be such a Dennis Allen move to get all the help. Carolina rise up, get a win over Tampa. You know, Chicago beats Green Bay. Arizona, Kyler Murray makes plays, you beat Seattle. And then you could just see the game-winning field goal from Atlanta being kicked in the Dome to win a 20-17 game. Like, you could just see it all happen. Saints have been playing football for years, right? Yep. 50 years,
1: whatever, 50 something years. Uh one time their season ended on a high note, right? Won a Super Bowl?
0: One time, yes, sir.
1: This season will not end on a high note. It won't. Something's gonna happen where it's just gonna deflate every Saints fan. You think you got a chance, it's all looking good, then boom.
0: So, so let, me, let me do this. I'm going to go on FanDuel right now, and I'm going to see what the odds are if I bet on everything that needs to happen for New Orleans to win. Okay, so let's do this. I'm going to click NFL. I'm going to click, okay, Saints' money line. We need that. I'm going to click Panthers' money line. We need that. I'm going to click Bears' money line. We need that. I'm going to click um, Cardinals' money line. We need that. The odds of all of that happening are twenty-four to one. So it's not great, not impossible, but it is an extreme long shot. (laughs) And Uh, do the odds
1: just don't pick the Saints and pick the other three?
0: Okay, you take the Saints out and you pick the others. Fourteen to one odds, which is much more likely. So (laughs) yes. So there you go, Uh, boy. That would be such a devastating way. But look, man, I could. I'll make a confession to you, and I told you this off the air the other day. I'll say it on the air. I don't care. Cowboys are maybe going to be the two seed if they beat Washington. They're going to be the five seed if they don't, and assuming that Philly gets a win over the Giants, which is a big assumption because the Eagles have been a mess. The Saints are the only team on that 8-8, eight and eight, you know, 9-7 and seven block that I, I don't want to play because I really believe that their defense could do some things to cause some problems. Now, granted, I think Dallas' defense would sack Derek Carr and force some turnovers. I do think Dallas would win, but they are the team of that pile of eight and eight teams that I fear the most. I don't fear Seattle, don't fear Green Bay, but I do think New Orleans could potentially make the most noise of those teams should they find a way to get in.
1: <laughs> Relax.
0: Yeah. I, dude, I'm, I'm just telling you, I, I think that when you got a defense that could shut people out like that, um, I think that they can maybe, maybe make some noise. <laughs> I think they could also lose to Atlanta uh, yes. and, and be done with, too. But, yeah, they, they can maybe make some noise. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll talk about some things that have happened in the world of sports in the last 24 hours. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. State Bank and Trust Company has provided Cajun banking served just the way you like it for now 70 years. State Bank offers a wide variety of modern conveniences without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all know and love. So stop by today and get a taste of Cajun banking and be met by a smiling, familiar face who loves our area as much as you do. That State Bank and Trust Company, still standing strong after 70 years of loyal service to our community. You know, if you have a, a deckhand that comes in and he has to move from that deckhand position to say a tankerman trainee position or a tankerman position, it's kind of tough. So what the grant does is it allows us to be able to to educate this guy for his next job step. and. It alleviates the, the some of the costs for him. It's beneficial because the training that is being provided is being provided by professional training facilities. And so therefore it takes all the guesswork out of it for us and couldn't ask for a better program. For
3: more information, go to LAWorks.net, sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Are your deductibles too high? Or are you completely uninsured? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Healthcare Help Desk can help you now when people need help the most. Health insurance laws and rules have changed. If you have Obamacare, are uninsured, or your premiums are too high, call Healthcare Help Desk. It's free. New healthcare plans are available, and you may qualify for dental coverage and lower co-pays and deductibles. Make the free call now. Top quality coverage at the lowest prices anywhere. You may be paying too much and not even know it. In these troubled times, healthcare is more important than ever. Don't let another day go by without health insurance. Policies are being offered with very low copays and deductibles. So if you're uninsured, underinsured or paying too much, call Healthcare Help Desk. Call 800-301-7166. 800-301-7166.
2: Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000-square-foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galieno.
0: Boy, you got to love Twitter, right? I guess it's technically called X now, but I'm always going to call it Twitter. Um got a little bit of breaking news major burns has announced that <laughs> this is funny major <laughs> major burns has announced that he's not going to the 2024 NFL draft and will return to the team next season bro <laughs> ain't nobody wants you at the NFL major burns NFL responds good we, we have we have seen I and mean, then look I'm glad he's back all that good stuff but when I'm thinking of an NFL player, that's that's not exactly who I'm thinking of. Um, did you see the stuff that Barstool has been doing in the last couple of days? Nope. Okay, so their, one of their personalities, who goes by the name of Jerry the Kid, has been locked in a room for like three or four days and has been told that he can't come out Until he makes a hole-in-one on the golf simulator machine that they have in the room. Well, today, this morning, after, let's see, how many shots? After 2,651 attempts, Jerry made his hole-in-one. The sports Twitter world rejoiced. Tom Brady said, it's always the darkest before the dawn. Congratulations, Jerry. The PGA Tour tweeted, let's get some W's for Jerry in this chat. Denny Hamlin, J.J. Watt, they're all commenting. Brooks Koepka commenting. History was made today in the Barstool Studios. 2,600 attempts. He never gave up. Multiple days sleeping at work. And finally, we got our hole-in-one. Why? I, be, be, because they can, man. Because people and idiots like me watch it. That's why I'll, I'll go and share you this. Okay, they shared a video of the hole-in-one. It happened two hours ago. It happened at 10.06 a.m. Take a guess how many views that video has had since they posted it.
1: Oh, probably unreal.
0: In two hours, 5.3 million people have watched the video. Amazing. That's the reason why they do those things, because they can. Um, LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers are in some turmoil. I was reading this earlier today from uh, Sham's NBA reporter who said, there's a growing disconnect between Darwin Ham and the Lakers' locker room, stemming from disjointedness around rotation and adjustments. The Lakers are losers of three in a row, nine of their past 11, and are now under 500. Boy, when things go wrong on a LeBron James led team, it's always the coach's fault, is it not? Man, this dude has got more dudes fired, and now apparently Darwin Ham, who apparently they loved last year, they made a run in the playoffs and he was the hero. Just less than 12 months later and after the team hangs their championship banner for winning the in-season tournament, they haven't been very good since then and now they're already talking about we're going to get rid of the coach and we're going to do that. LeBron James is poison, brother. Everything he touches wilts.
1: Yep, and I try not to even pay attention to him.
0: Stephen A. Smith said today on his show that the Lakers are an absolute mess and big changes are going to be coming soon. um, That's a far fall from grace and not a long stretch of time. Let's talk about this Um, because I told you this before we got on the air and it's worth mentioning for SEC fans. The transfer portal, by and large, historically, had been an outlet where players would go to maybe seek better playing time. Maybe you're a backup offensive lineman. You go to a school where you could be a starting offensive lineman. Maybe you're a number three receiver. You go to a school where you could be a number one receiver. Maybe you're at a small school. You want to try your luck at a power five school. You transfer up to a bigger school. Now, it is becoming an annual auction and the reason why I say that is because today, Ole Miss star running back, Quinshawn Judkins, told Lane Kiffin and, and the staff that he is entering the transfer portal. He's a true sophomore. This past season, he became the first SEC player since Herschel Walker, which is one of the all-time legends, to get more than 15 touchdowns in each of his first two collegiate seasons. One of the best players in the entire country, who has been featured and given the ball 25, 30 times a game his entire collegiate career, is now in the transfer portal. There's no way that this is a schematic move because they give you the ball every play. You can't be disappointed by your role. There's no way that this is a competitive decision. Ole Miss was 11-2 and two last year and got half of the damn transfer portal on their team. They're going to be loaded next year. This is 100% a money issue. It's got to be. He probably has seen, Judkins that is, seen Ole Miss get three, four, five players in the portal, probably paying out the wazoo to get them, and said, okay, you're going to get these dudes. You're not going to fill me in. You're not going to hook me up. I'm out. And now you got maybe the best running back in the entire country. Who's a free agent? For the highest bidder, will it be LSU? Will it be Alabama? Will it be Georgia? Texas? Who knows? Ohio State? Michigan? Everybody's got that opportunity. But it's crazy. The Transferring used to mean a decision that you would make to secure more playing time and a better opportunity for yourself. Now, that's not the case. Because when you have a guy like Judkins entering the portal, a guy who last season received 271 carries, and who also caught 22 passes out of the backfield and had 17 touchdowns for a top-10 Ole Miss team, and he's leaving, it's, it, it's an auction. Every yeah. year is an auction.
1: And what's crazy, Ole Miss was a good fit for him to get to the, the next level where you're going to have your payday. They, they can't wait for it. So if you're not going to pay me now, I'm going to go somewhere else, get the money, may not be a better fit for him then watch his draft, his draft or his stock in the NFL draft is going to drop. It could happen because he wants money now.
0: It's, it's crazy, man. Like This is not the way that this was ever intended to be. I'm all for player empowerment. I'm all for if Kyron Lacey has a market to be in some company's commercial and could add value to that brand with his name, image, and likeness. I'm all for him being able to do that. Hell, I myself am the spokesperson for a local company, and I get paid to do it, so I understand that. But man, when it starts running into it, you had 17 touchdowns last year, and you're disgruntled because they're giving the transfers maybe more money than what you're getting, or you think you deserve more. Like this is not anything what the sport used to look like. This is so different, man. And I'm be curious to see. At the end of the day, he could potentially maybe go. Back to Ole Miss, right? If they smooth things over. But we're looking at a situation where every team in the country is going to be calling and asking about this dude. He's one of the best players in America.
1: Watch. He's going to stay in the SEC. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, like, this has Georgia written all over it. This Alabama written all over it. Maybe LSU. Like, he's going to, I agree with you. I think he's going to be somewhere in the SEC. Wow. Patience. Uh, it, it's unbelievable, man. It, it's truly remarkable how this how this has all uh, changed and how the landscape has changed. LSU reportedly has targeted and identified Brent Baker as their lead target in their search for a new defensive coordinator. Baker was once in Baton Rouge um, and was the linebacker's coach. He went to Missouri and became the defensive coordinator there in one season at Missouri as the defensive coordinator. Missouri went from like 113th in total defense to 25th. Um, so very interested to see if that's the guy that they end up targeting and if so, good young coach guys familiar with Rouge, familiar with Louisiana recruiting I think that would be a very good get I think LSU could certainly um, outpay Missouri so if that's the guy Coach Kelly wants I think that'd be a really good move we'll see how it heads in, in the next couple of days
1: Yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter who they get if the guys on the field can't tackle they've they got to improve on their production on the field they got to tackle people
0: they were not hey. willing to do that this past no. season. season. Uh, you might be asking a lot there. Pro Bowl, NFC. Look, no, look. nobody cares about the Pro Bowl anymore. Nope. But um, we had a couple of Saints listed in the NFC. Your three quarterbacks, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford. Let's see. We got a couple of Saints on the list. He I has one. I think. One Saint. Yeah, I'm looking here. <laughs> do they have one? I don't even Return see. Return specialist. Oh, there you go. Kick returner Rashid Shaheed. I was looking <laughs> for him at wide receiver. So they got the kick returner Rashid Shaheed. Um, only Saints pro-bowler on the NFC team and still have a chance to make the playoffs in week 18 with one pro-bowler. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah,
1: Derek Carr got close, but <laughs> when it came <laughs> Yeah. To the, to the goal line, you know, to get off, to to be named. He stalled out in the yeah, red zone. He just stalled out.
0: My Cowboys had Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Zach Morton. Uh, let's see, Parsons got to be here somewhere. Parsons, oh, yeah. Deron Bland, the kicker's got to be there. He's the best kicker in the league. Brandon Aubrey, and then the punter, Brian Anger. So my Cowboys got several. Do you, eat like, I... I think the Pro Bowl now is like not even a real. I think it's like flag football now. I don't even think they tackle anymore. And I, I mentioned it a second ago. Most people don't even really pay attention. Like, do you have any interest at all in the no, Pro Bowl?
1: None, none, none.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. And I mean, it's an honor. The players get money and everything based on their, uh, you know, ability to make the roster. But whew. wanted to mention something here. Michael Thomas, <laughs> not playing Sunday. Still out. Michael Thomas, I said this on this show. I called out, oh, man, you just mad because Michael Thomas made fun of you on Twitter, and uh." when he first went out with his injury, I said on this show, kiss his ass goodbye, he ain't coming back. He was supposed to be out for three to four weeks. He last played on November the 12th against the Vikings. Flash forward to the weekend, the next Saints game will be January the 7th. In my estimation, two months is longer than three to four weeks for a dude who has a knee injury. So either A, Dennis Allen lied when he initially said he would be out three to four weeks. B, the injury has lingered or is worse than what they thought, which would be a training staff problem. Or C, Michael Thomas just doesn't have any desire to come back and is telling the team, oh, my knee still hurts. I got a boo-boo, which is what he has done since signing his big contract. But I tried telling y'all when he first got hurt, he ain't coming back. And guess what? He ain't coming back. He is still out Sunday, not available to play, not ready to return to practice, not even close to being available to play. What a joke this is, dude. Like, this got to be the last year he's on the team.
1: It needs to be. He should be the first one they get rid of. Um, Hopefully they can get something for him. But, yeah, this dude needs to go.
0: I'm with you there, man. They, they got to figure out how to get production from the people that they're paying handsomely to give production to. The Saints restructured Marshawn Lattimore's contract and reportedly have made it easier to trade him in the offseason. If you could get – Let's say a second, third-round pick from Marshawn Lattimore, a 27-year-old player who's about ready to be doing extension. You're going to have to pony up to get him. Would you be open to moving him in the offseason?
1: I'm going to say no because I don't trust Loomis to get value for him.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a fair point too. Um, look, when Lattimore's available, he's very good. The problem is he played seven games last year and only ten games this year, and it's, it's looking like he's out for the season again. But the other teams know that, too. They're not going to give you anything worth the crap for a dude that doesn't barely play. He's still in the IR. But it was interesting to see. They left that option open. They restructured his deal. That reportedly makes it extremely easy to trade him. Um, so curious to see what they try to do there. And in the Derek Carr is going to restructure. Anything to help the team. Derek Carr, man, what what a gentleman. What a great leader. Anything to help the team. Yeah, right? he's going
1: to make history. He's going to be the first NFL player to have to pay the organization <laughs> to
0: play, it, to play <laughs> I see this story on ESPN.com, and God, I hope that they rank them all 1 through 32, but something tells me that they won't. The NFL Players Association did a survey of players ranking the top coordinators ahead of this hiring cycle. Please, God, tell me that they have (laughs) ranked it. No, all we got is the top five. Um, Because I wanted to see where Pete Carmichael stood on the list. The top offensive coordinator in the league, according to the players, is Frank Smith of the Miami Dolphins. And how about this? This is interesting. Thomas Brown of the Carolina Panthers is second. The Panthers' offense is terrible. Brian Schottenheimer, third with Dallas. I get that. Brian Callahan, fourth with the Bengals. Kellen Moore, fifth with the Chargers. Those are your five top offensive coordinators. Defensive coordinators, your boy. Number one, Detroit Lions, Aaron Glenn. Number 2, Steve Wilkes with the 49ers. Number 3, Dan Quinn with the Cowboys. Number 4, Brian Flores with the Vikings. And Raheem Morris is fifth with the Rams. God, I wish we had that full list, 1 through 32, because I would love <laughs> to see where Carmichael stands on that list. Last. <laughs> you really think it's last? easy. Oh, man. Don't think you got to worry about losing. If Carolina's second. <laughs> Carolina's coordinator. Thomas Brown is second. <laughs> Carmichael's Carol- last. How in the hell is Carolina's guys second? They've scored 236 points all year. Their quarterback's terrible. Shut out last week, wasn't it? I mean, I don't think they scored last week. No, no, my goodness. Yeah, that that's a mess. And that makes me question the validity of this anyway. But I wanted to see if we could find oh, Carmichael on the list. Carmichael Let's,
1: might be six. <laughs>
0: right. Let's wrap up today's show. We want to thank everybody for listening. We want to thank Coach Kirby Loop for his time and also Stan. Tomorrow we've got... Coach Chan Guitros, who will be on the line, and if we could secure Damien, we'll try to lock him down. Big middle school tournament at Raceland Middle this weekend, uh, so we'd we'll love to ask Damien about that. Thanks for listening to Play by Play. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless. You're
3: listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.